and boom goes the dynamite. All right, folks. Week seven in the NFL is in the books. Welcome back to the SoCo Sports Show. This is, of course, the co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the SoCo Seth Ott. Hut, hut. <laughs> Seth is playing injured this week. He's dealing with some sickness, so uh, yeah, bear with him when he makes his terrible picks later. He's, he's <laughs> under the influence of some cough medicine, I think. Now, last last week was when I was really sick with uh, how my picks turned out. So, yeah, that's true. Seth and I were made, were made me sick. severely handicapped with our picks, and that's why uh, that's why we were beat this week. We'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, we're gonna get right into things, but not not before we mention our sponsors. Uh, first of all, of course, AudibleTrial.com/soco. Hit the link in the description box for thirty days of Audible and your first book for free. Free. Mathis Designs, uh, you can find our good friend Steph on Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs. Peep. And of course, Mike's Wood. You can find Mike on Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed if you want to get that wood worked. Hut, hut. There you go. That's a fo- football gasm. I almost said <laughs> footgasm. That's a different thing entirely. <laughs> <laughs> I was just watching some of those videos before we came on here. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. I don't like that at all. <laughs> Oh, that's nasty. So uh, we are going to also kick it over to Cody, who's going to tell you a little bit about one of our spons- or one of our sponsors, Anchor. Here you go. Great stuff, Co. And for those out there who are listening, um, uh, Anchor is also the place where you can go to contribute to this podcast. Uh, you can you can essentially give uh, us a buck or five or ten or a thousand per month, however <laughs> much you think we're worth. Uh, to do the show. I want to give a shout out to contributor Mike, Mike Vandenhall, good friend of the show. Uh, thank you for your support. And uh, as we talked about on yesterday's SoCo show proper, uh, for every new contributor, I will be doing a shot of tequila on the show. So for a buck a month, uh, you can listen to me get shit-faced on tequila and talk about movies uh, and sports <laughs> as well. So uh, I think that's worth a buck a month. I, I don't know about you guys, but... <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, also, if you are a, uh, if you head to our anchor page, you can leave us a voice message. And, uh, we know we haven't talked about this much, but you do have the ability, this is only on the anchor site, but you can leave us a voicemail and we have the ability to put those voicemails into our, uh, into our show. So, uh, if you want to give us a shout out or say something cool that you think deserves to be on the show, just head over there leave us a voice message. It's pretty easy to do. And, uh, we'll see if we can incorporate it into the show. So check that out, uh, also on anchor. But now that we got all that stuff out of the way, let's talk some fucking football. Here we go. That just happened. That just happened. Did we win? All right, game recap. So this is week seven, and we start, of course, with a Thursday night football game. And this is a game that was not exciting, but, Seth, it featured some big-time implications. The Chiefs beat the Broncos by a score of 30-6, to which is what you expected. What you didn't expect, though, Patrick Mahomes leaves the game with a knee injury. We've heard since that he is going to miss probably three weeks. And uh, Matt Moore is going to step in as the backup. So this is a Chiefs team that has shown some vulnerability over the past few weeks. They did lose two of their last three games, but they get this one over Denver. Uh, Denver, to me, is an afterthought here. Um, We'll come back to them in just a second. But Seth, tell me what you think of the Chiefs going forward. Their next three games are without Patrick Mahomes. Do you think they're at risk of losing some ground in the AFC playoff race? Um, no, and, and and the reason for that is that division is so abysmal um, that I <laughs> that I think that they're going to be fine. Plus, Matt Moore was a former starter in the NFL. 
Um, he was he was just a scout. Uh, who Matt Moore is going to be the replacement uh, for Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes of course. Um, but he he was a, actually a scout uh, a person who was doing scouting uh, prior to coming back as a quarterback. But um, what Andy Reid does with mediocre quarterbacks is insane. And you know we've seen what he's done with great quarterbacks and Pat Mahomes. But um, you know just listing off some guys. I mean he brought Alex Smith out of obscurity again. Uh, Kevin Cobb is a guy that he got a contract four years ago. Um, Nick Foles, his rookie year back in in uh, in, in uh, Philadelphia, you see what he did without uh, after Andy Reid left. What happened to Nick Foles? Uh, other than these last couple of years, um, you know when when he for some reason played well again. Um, there, I mean there there's a whole there's a whole list, and I'm, I'm forgetting a whole bunch, but there's a whole bunch of quarterbacks that Andy Reid has coached that are mediocre at absolute best, and I think Matt Moore is is at least mediocre. Um, Again, former starter, and those others got a lot of those other guys, um, maybe minus Alex Smith, really weren't. Uh, so I think they're going to be fine. I think they're still going to put up point, points. They put, I mean, they put up plenty of points against a good defense this week after Pat Mahomes left. So mm-hmm. I think they're going to be fine. I, I, I really do. And, and especially with how bad that division is, no one was able to take advantage in that division this week with, um, the, the, with Pat Mahomes going down, no one else was able to, you know, the, both the Raiders and the Chargers lost. Chargers lost a heartbreaker. I think the Chiefs, they'll, they'll be just fine and, and, and they'll, uh, they'll, they'll easily win that division. Yeah. I think if this is going to harm the Chiefs at all, it's going to be in seeding. And that could prove to be big. Uh, you know, you talk about New England running away with the number one seed. Having to go to, Fo- go to Foxborough is a lot different than playing at home in Kansas City. So I think if it's going to affect them, it's there. But this division, I think, is, is in no, uh, is not at risk. Uh, Broncos fall to two and five. They've all but given up. In fact, they just traded away their best offensive player, <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders. So it seems like they've they've packed it in. I've heard and, a lot of rumors about them maybe looking out for a quarterback, uh, potentially in the upcoming Teddy Bridgewater race, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, but Flacco's been bad. This team stinks. They're packing it in. Also, keep in mind, too, that this is probably – a good thing honestly for Pat Mahomes like he escaped without getting too much uh with a, without too much of an injury I mean he just dislocated his his uh, kneecap but it sounds like you know three weeks is the general time frame but I've even heard sooner but I think they'll keep him out for that at least that because he had an ankle injury going into this too and I think it took an actual injury for him to sit um, he's the type mm-hmm. of guy that wants to get out there and play. He he needs the time to get healthy, and I think this is the perfect time to do it. Um, they have. Uh, I know I mentioned last week that I thought they had a bye this week. They do not. They have. I think they play um, three or four more games before their bye. So um, you know, if, if they're able to win some games with him out, get him healthy until the bye, and then bring him back fully ready to go. You know, because that's that's what has been making the Chiefs not be as as you know dominant is that he's been hurt. He's been banged up. And so for him to get healthy now, leading into the point, you know, the home stretch of the season and into the playoffs, I think that's important. So I think this might be a blessing in disguise for the Chiefs. Absolutely. Uh, They're looking down the barrel at a pretty tough four-game stretch, though. Uh, Packers, Vikings, Titans, Chargers. Uh, I think if they can go Mm -hmm. two and two in those games, which seems doable, I think those Titan Chargers are winnable games, then they go into their bye and if he comes back healthy and ready to rock in December, I, I like this team's chances to make a run late, um, albeit with maybe a, a lower seed than they had hoped at the beginning of the season. Let's go to Atlanta, where the Rams handled the Falcons. And this is what everyone expected. This was what the Rams were hoping for, uh, a get-right game, as it were, 37-10 to 10, uh, Rams over Atlanta. 
And uh, I didn't mention before, but uh, we two and two on the KC game. Uh, Dan and Kyle both picked KC. You and I missed uh, by picking the Broncos. Uh, but everyone was on the Rams this week, and everyone uh, made good on that pick. The Rams came out, and there's not a lot of news out of this game uh, in particular. The biggest thing, I think, uh, Jalen Ramsey was added to the Rams this week, traded over from Jacksonville, which, you know, he's been angling for a trade for a while. He plays in this game, uh, shadows Julio Jones, and plays pretty well, uh, keeps Jones out of the end zone, uh, although he does go for six catches, 93 yards. So this was a thorough beating, uh, and and it's not even something that I can get excited about as a Rams fan because this Falcons team is terrible. Uh, they lose Matt Ryan in this game. We don't yet know for how long. Um the Falcons also then trade away their number two wide receiver, or maybe number three, depending on yeah. I don't know what the depth chart says. Uh, but Mohamed Sanu traded away from Atlanta. So another team that seems to be packing it in. I think they've got a head coach who's uh, on his way out the door. Uh, but for the Rams, you know, they looked the way that you would hope uh, that they would against the Falcons. Um, you know, Gurley gets into the end zone uh, on a reception. They spread the ball around nicely. Everybody gets involved. Uh, Goff has a good game through the air. Uh, again, not anything to hoot and holler about, but a, a get-right game for the Rams, uh, which is just what they needed at this time. Yeah, no, um, definitely. I mean, this the really not much to say here. I mean, it's what we expected going in, into it. Good to see Gurley get involved again. He's he's healthy um, or getting healthy again after missing last week. And, um, you know, it's it's a game to get some confidence with, with Goff. Um, defense is, is playing better as well. Um, you definitely didn't expect them to, uh, after the how they played the last few weeks, to only give up three points. So um, uh, definitely an improvement there. And, and yeah, the Falcons are, you know, they're they're definitely in, you know, shut down tank mode at this point. Uh, they they they're smart by. I mean, they got a second round pick for for Mohamed Sanu. That's quite a bit. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, I don't think was even a second round pick when he when he was drafted. So. Um, for, for them to to get that, and he actually might have been a second round pick actually with the Bengals. I don't I don't remember totally, but um, for them to get get a second rounder for for Mosinu is uh, is good. So uh, look out for them in the future. But for now, uh, yeah, g- a good game for the Rams and should be uh, continuing that into into the bye after uh, Cincinnati. I agree. Uh, let's go to Buffalo now, uh, Seth. You picked the Bills to cover the sixteen and a half point spread. They won, but did not cover the spread. So. You missed that point. Everyone else got it. 21 to 31 is the final. Bills over the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Bills go to 5 and 1. And, I, you know, I watched a lot of this game. And if you look at the stat line, um, it, it looks like a pretty good game for the Bills, but they struggled for a lot of this game. They mm. were down 14 to 9 at halftime. And they were in danger of going down 21 to 9 at one point in the game, but they got a, an opportune turnover. Uh, in the red zone. So the Bills, I, you know, they escaped with a win uh, this past Sunday. But, you know, a win is a win. They get to 5-1. And, one. and I, the, the interesting thing to me, though, Seth, is that I still don't feel like I know any more about the Bills. I still don't know how legit they are. I like this team. I like the defense. They can run the ball. And I still think that this team will go as far as Josh Allen carries them. And I'm just not seeing anything crazy special from him. Have you learned anything about the Bills in these last few weeks? Um, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, they they were on a bye last week, and then and then um, you know, definitely didn't have a great showing. They put up 31 points, which is good. 
uh, I think, you know, the the logic when we were talking about picks last week was uh, your logic was that they wouldn't score, you know, more than 21 points mm-hmm. and they ended up scoring 31, but then gave up 21, which which not expected. Um, I think that's really more on more on the defense than anything. Um, that they gave up 21 points and and I know one of the uh, touchdowns was on an onside kick recovery for the for the yeah. <laughs> for the the bills which I've never seen before which is cool um so really I, I mean I don't know what what was wrong with the bills defense in this game more than anything they they should have uh really dominated I you know I, I do think maybe this could have been a little extra motivation for Ryan Fitzpatrick coming back to Buffalo and, and playing a game I you know honestly I just have no idea buys can be interesting but um, honestly, I think it's more of an encouragement that the Bills, you know, put up the points that they did. Um, I thought I, I did uh, watch the highlights in this one, and, and I thought Josh Allen looked good for the most part. Um, they ran the ball really well. Frank Gore still looking like he's got some pep in his step, and um, you know, uh, they traded away their former first round pick in Zay Jones a few weeks ago. But uh, you know, the receiving core overall has a few good pieces in John Brown and, and Cole Beasley. So still, I mean, like you said, not a ton to to really decide here. But I do like the Bills. I think that they're. I think that they again they play for the most part good defense and and they run the ball well uh, and they, they don't turn over the ball a ton so um, you know I still think that they're going to be a, a, a tough team maybe a wild card team uh, going forward the Dolphins yeah they're they're terrible and they they should be doing what um, you know like the 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 Falcons are doing trading away the pieces that they do have to try and get some picks but uh, I, you know the, their their management clearly isn't very smart with how their record has been over the last uh, several years. Absolutely, yeah. Dolphins are a dumpster fire. There was a really good 90-plus yard drive that Allen led in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. to uh, to sort of put the game, uh, to put the Bills ahead, and that that was certainly promising. I'm waiting to see, you know, some, some bigger competition. Uh, they've got the Eagles next week, which could be an interesting game. Uh, we'll talk about the Eagles in a little bit, though, but yeah, Miami's a lost cause. Let's take a look at the Bengals and Jaguars. I'm the only one that missed on this game. I picked Cincinnati. Uh, they lost by a score of 27 to 17. A little bit of Minshew magic in this one. He goes for 250 yards and a touchdown. Uh, But Leonard Fournette was the star of this game. 29 carries uh, and then added two catches as well for 145 total scrimmage yards. And Seth, it seems like that's the formula for this team to win games. When Fournette gets the rock and is effective, they're able to win games. This is, of course, the Bengals. And, you know, I don't expect a whole lot out of Jacksonville this year, but that seems to be what they've what they've done when they've won is get it to Fournette. Yeah, the, um, that that's the thing with, with the Jaguars this year is that Fournette's been healthy and he they've given them, him the ball a lot. And that's uh, when the Jaguars have been awesome. That that's been their recipe for success is is running the ball well and, and um, you know, the, the one year that they had Blake Bortles playing well, it was they didn't have to rely on him. Um, now they have a quarterback, I think, who's better than Blake Bortles and and who I think uh, adds a little spark and some good receivers, but they still just need to keep giving the ball to, to Fournette, especially with that defense not playing as well as it has in years years past. I still don't see them, um, you know, as necessarily a contender, but again, like like I've talked about, I think they're, they're going to be around a 500 team and they'll, they'll play some teams tough and um, you know, they'll, they're probably a few pieces away from, from being a decent team again, but uh, for right now, they'll, they'll be a team that, that hangs around and, and is 500. Uh, again, talking about, though, with um, with the Bengals, talking about, you know, getting some picks and building your team up, they have A.J. Green, who's on the last year of his contract, 31, still could go somewhere and, and be a contributor, contributor, but they refuse to trade people. They they're, they're, Their whole philosophy there has always been, 
to to build from the ground up. Well, right now your your foundation is is very weak with with AJ Green. Um, they they should he should be coming back soon, but they should try and get some picks for him. Joe Mixon has been garbage. Um, there's a game there's a game I think uh, last week where he's averaging nine. Not basically nine feet to carry was what it was. Um, that that offensive line has been complete trash. Dalton has been actually okay in most games. Um, they just they just don't have a defense. They can't get the run game going. I, I mean they're they're terrible and they're not going to get better anytime soon because they they won't do anything to make their team better. They just think that they can continue with what they've got. That's just not going to work. So mm-hmm. um, they're they're going to be bad for a very long time until they change some of their philosophy too. Um, but we'll see what happens with them. I agree. I think they could get a truckload for Green if they were willing to entertain the idea. Uh, a lot of teams would love to have that guy. But uh, I can clear up that Joe Mixon stat. Uh, this this week uh, against the Jaguars, he had 10 carries for two yards, <laughs> which is an average of about six inches uh, per carry. So not not very impressive. Um, Bengals are, are trash. Uh, they're at 0-7. They're in the Tua race uh, alongside alongside Miami. Uh, here's a game that I'm sure you're excited to talk about, Seth. Uh, Detroit falls to the Vikings, and that was by a score of 42 to 30. Uh, you were the only one that didn't pick the Vikings in this one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, another week and another impressive performance by Kirk Cousins. 337 yards, four touchdowns. He's got 10 touchdowns to one pick and about and 950 that- yards in the last three games combined. They have seemed to have figured out – this Kirk Cousins thing, and against some decent defenses in the last mm, couple of weeks, one. including including the Lions here. Um, yeah, that's Dalvin the only Cook, one defense. Yeah, well, yeah, because who was it? Was it the Giants and the Eagles? Giants before? and, yep, yep, yep. Okay, so, yeah, just the Lions. But um, <laughs> Cousins is operating uh, pretty efficiently. Uh, Dalvin Cook, still a stud, 142 yards, two touchdowns in this one. They get Diggs involved uh, after some drama earlier in the season for 142 yards. Uh, I think the biggest thing out of this game – uh, other than the implications of the NFC North, uh, Adam Thielen goes down with a hamstring injury. And uh, you may know, I, I'm not sure what kind of time he's going to be missing, but this is a Vikings team that looks like it is hitting a real stride here. And on the Lions side, um, you know, <laughs> big numbers by Matt Stafford, 364, four touchdowns, but they just couldn't find a way to get this done. Uh, I, I didn't watch too much of this game, but it seemed like every time the Lions would, would score, the Vikings would just score right back. And so uh, they just couldn't get enough out of their defense to uh, to get a hold on this one. But, Seth, you got to be pleased with how your Vikings played in this game specifically because Detroit, I think, is a real team even at 2-3-1. and one. And so uh, I, I would think you're feeling optimistic about your Vikes here at uh, close to the midpoint of the season. Yeah, this was a fun one. Um, and actually, real quick, with you mentioned with with uh, Cousins, he had that one pick. That one pick actually bounced off Diggs' hands and went high in the air, and, and someone basically just had like a, a punt drill to to go down mm-hmm. and get it. So it was a, basically a punt for him. So that wasn't even his fault because it was right on Diggs' hands. Um, yeah, no, I I did really really uh, I was really impressed with with uh, this game and how how it all turned out. Um, honestly, the the biggest negative is that the defense gave up so many points and they have been giving up a lot of points the last few weeks but the offense has played so well that uh you know that that you can't help but be happy about it um you know the the thing that because the Lions came out right away and scored a touchdown pretty quick uh and I I actually think they they both went three and out and then the Lions just started scoring it and 
past Vikings games, I, you know, I, I was already starting to see the writing on the wall of, you know, like w- once they get hit in the mouth, it's hard for them to recover. And they, the, the announcer even said it in this game. They said the Vikings can't play from behind very well. They, you know, once they're behind in a game uh, and especially at the beginning of the game, it's hard for them to recover. But uh, they just kept answering and, and Cousins kept making the throws and he had time. I think the biggest thing is that they're I talked about it last week. They're manufacturing ways for him to not get. Uh, hit right now. Uh, they're rolling out a ton. They're they're l- getting him on the move. They're uh, setting up, uh, you know, having him in shotgun quite a bit. They're uh, a lot of quick play action passes, and that that's really been the biggest thing is the play action uh, because the run game has been so good. Cook has had I think in every game but one over a hundred yards now. So. Uh, he's been great. The The whole team has been playing well, I guess, minus the defense. Uh, I think that's the biggest negative is that, uh, like, Xavier Rhodes has been giving up all kinds of yards lately. He gave up two touchdowns alone on Marvin Jones this week. So um, they got to get that figured out. But as long as the offense is playing the way it is, I'm very happy about it. Uh, we'll we'll see, see if it continues because I know after the Redskins, they have a little bit of a tougher schedule. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely fun to watch have, having an offense uh, as a Vikings fan. It's it's uh, different. Uh, it's it's cool to see. And this is finally, I think, what we paid, what they paid, um, eighty two million dollars guaranteed for. Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, we'll we'll see if the if the trend continues. But certainly, uh, good week for Vikings fans. For the Lions, uh, they're in a tough spot at two, three, and one. They are a couple of games back from being in the hunt uh, in that NFC North, so they've got some work to do if they want to keep pace with the Vikings and, and, and Packers as well. And they just traded uh, their their safety. Uh, I think former Pro Bowler Quandre Diggs. Um, I can't remember what team he went to, but uh, Seahawks. He went to the Seahawks. Um, and plus, um, Darius Slay was banged up in this game, uh, only played a little bit, uh, and was banged up going into it. Snacks Harrison got hurt in this game as well, so they're pretty banged up. I almost think with them, you know, kind of get some picks. Uh, Carry uh, on Johnson is also hurt right now too. Just a lot of injuries. Um, I, with the last couple games, the way they've been going, I don't know if maybe they're going into more of a, uh, you know, let let's rest up and and maybe just you know hopefully we get some talent for next year. Um, I hope not because I think that they are a decent team and and can it'll be tough for them to push for a wild card this year, uh, especially with where they're at right now. But they got a lot of talent. They got, they got a lot of promise. So, you know, maybe, maybe they are in that wait and see mode until next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of a uh, lot of talent and the team that leads the NFC North right now is the green Bay Packers. And they took it to the Oakland Raiders. You and I both missed on this pick. We took the Raiders plus a touchdown, uh, but Kyle and Dan both had green Bay and they win by a score of 42-24 to 24 behind five touchdown passes and a running touchdown by Aaron Rodgers. This is the Aaron Rodgers that we're used to seeing, um, but this season we have not seen much of this because Green Bay's been winning with defense and by running the football. Uh, so for Packers fans, you're stoked to see one of, one of those vintage Rodgers performances here. Um you know, Green Bay uh, was pretty good on defense. A lot of the Raiders' uh, scores came, I think at least two of their touchdowns came kind of after the game was a little bit out of hand. They did Go keep ahead. it close for most of the game until about the third quarter, and then that's when yeah. um, the Packers scored a, a late second-half touchdown and then uh, came out kind of early. But it was close through through a lot of the game, actually. 
Mm-hmm. I did watch a lot of this, and the Raiders, you know, by the score, they got handled, but they they played tough in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. Carr goes for 293 and two scores. Uh, Josh Jacobs, who, you know, behind Dalvin Cook is one of my favorite runners to watch run the ball uh, in the mm-hmm. league this year. He goes for 124 yards as well. He's having a great rookie season. Uh, and the tight end, Darren Waller, who's on my fantasy team, had a huge game, 126 <laughs> yards, two touchdowns. Um, I, I don't hate this Raiders team. Uh, in fact, I, I, I rather enjoy them. And I think if there is a threat in the AFC West, then it's them uh, for the Chiefs. I don't think they're going to win that division, but I think they're the best team besides the Chiefs. Um, on the Packers side of things, though, this has to scare the rest of the NFC because for the prior you know six games of this season, you've gotten sort of a watered-down Aaron Rodgers who's not showing you all the flash. This week you got – and Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, in a in a week when the, the defense was fine and the running game was not doing a lot for them, he came out and won the game on his own. 430 yards, five touchdowns. He had more he had the same amount of touchdowns as he did incompletions. Um so this is a team that's winning in a lot of different ways. They seem like a very complete team and set to me one of the top teams in the A or in the NFC. I'm I'm very excited to watch this race between them and the Vikings. Uh, but you had to have been concerned as a Vikings fan about what you saw on Sunday. Um, I mean, it, it's Aaron Rodgers, so I've been seeing it for a long time, so I know what he can do. <laughs> but I also say that uh, in an earlier game this season, when he, it, the game did need to be on his shoulders against the Eagles, he didn't, he wasn't able to do it. Uh, so, you know, I think the Aaron Rodgers we have this year is an inconsistent Aaron Rodgers. There, there has been games this year where he, he, it has to be on his shoulders, and he just can't do it. Now this game. Um, I think he was able to do it with without a ton of pressure on him. Um, you know that they were they were they were in control. Even though it was a close game, they were in control through most of it. And so he basically kind of just put put his foot down on the neck of the Raiders and said, "No, this game's over." Um, which is he's awesome. He can always do that. Um, but again, there's been times this year where he hasn't been able to do that. He he's had to rely on the running game, had to rely on the defense. So. You know, I, I I definitely agree that they're they are one of, if not the top team in the NFC. But uh, I you know, I also think that Rodgers isn't as indestructible as everyone says they are, or everyone thinks he is, or what they thought he used to be. In terms of the Raiders, they're a team like they have a, they have some good talent. Um, I know in this one, Carr was was pretty off early on in the game and and kind of got a rhythm going later. But they just the reason I think that for that is they don't have. Other than Darren Waller, they don't have any receivers on that team. Name no, name don't. name a receiver on their team. You can't. I'm looking here. This is hilarious. I, I'm going to read you all of the people who caught passes for the Raiders: Darren yeah. Waller, Keelan Doss, Marcel yeah. Aitman, Trevor Davis, Foster Moreau, Derek Carrier, Hunter Renfro, Andre Washington, Josh Jacobs, and Jalen Richard. I yeah. there's not a fucking there's not a guy who who would start on any other NFL team in this receiving yeah. core. And so, can you imagine though, like if Antonio Brown wasn't a moron, um, if they had him, um, oh yeah, if they Ty, even Tyrell Williams, who who uh, is he? I don't know when he's going to be back. He has a plantar fasciitis, which is an awful injury for a receiver to have, uh, which is in your foot. Um, he, uh, you know, they don't know when he's going to be back, but he was great for him um, early on the season. He had a touchdown in every game he played. If they he, like, we talked about AJ Green, that'd be a perfect spot for him to go. Totally. Um, if, if they had AJ Green, if they had any sort of <laughs> receiver on that team, they would be a real threat. But until they have someone in the receiving core, I know they like Hunter Renfro. He's a young guy, but he's not a guy. You know, he's not a real receiver at this point. Um, if they, they if they had a game changing receiver, 
I think then they would be a threat in that in that division. But until then, yeah, they'll they'll win some games. Um, they'll you know probably end up seven nine or something like that. But they're they're not a threat. I don't think until you know they actually add some real talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think this team is closer than folks realize, but they've got some work to do uh, if they're going to be a real competitor. I was very excited to watch this game, and it did not disappoint. Uh, Texans at the Colts. And uh, I, I correctly picked the, the Colts alongside my brother. Uh, you and Dan were on the Texans. And the Colts win this one at home, 30-23. Uh, to 23. This is a pretty good ball game. Um, and I think the highlight here is Jacoby Brissett. And we've been talking all season, Seth, about – the fact that he's not such a step back from luck, not as much as as everyone, you know, and including myself, was saying that he was uh, earlier this year. He goes for 326, four touchdowns and no turnovers in this game uh, and, and played very, very well. You know, they got uh, they don't have a lot in their receiving core either. You, you talk about T.Y. Hilton as the kind of singular uh, singular presence there, but they didn't get a lot out of the running game this week. Uh, and in a game that you expected to be a shootout, there were a lot of points. Uh, on the Texan side of things, Deshaun Watson uh, threw two picks, but he did have 300 yards and a touchdown. Uh, De- DeAndre Hopkins was doing his thing. I watched a lot of this game, and, um, you know, it just looked like the Colts were just like a step better, you know, at mm-hmm. every at every important part of this game. Uh, I expect these teams to put on another good show later in the year in Houston. They're They're clearly the only two good teams in the AFC South. <laughs> and uh, one of them will make the playoffs. And I'm very intrigued to see what kind of performance we'll get out of one of these teams come playoff time because they are – I think they're – both of these teams have good pieces kind of all around but not great pieces really anywhere. And other than I think Deshaun Watson maybe on, on the Texans is certainly a great player. But these, these are these are like, uh, like, a, a, like a Saints light or a Packers light right now. Um, so they're complete, if not outstanding at any one spot. I like both these teams. I think this was a good game. I don't think certainly, you know, the Colts jump into first place, but the Texans are right there and I expect mm-hmm. them to keep pace throughout the season. Um, but this game didn't disappoint. Did you catch it? I, I, I caught the highlights of it. Um, but yeah, I mean the, definitely agree with everything you said. I, you know, I, I, you know, I had talked about earlier the season, you know, we did our preview and all that, that, um, Brissette is uh you know how uh, executives and everything were saying he's the best backup but uh, in the NFL but honestly he's probably a top 15 or five, 15 or so starting quarterback in the NFL right now just the way he's playing um not making a lot of mistakes he's making a ton of throws that are great um throws that I think that Andrew Luck would would make on a on a consistent basis too I mean he's not quite Andrew Luck but he's not that far of a step back and um again I know they didn't perform this week in the running game but a great offensive line, a good running game. Um, and I know they don't have a ton of name brand receivers, but um, they're starting to emerge with, I mean, T.Y. Hilton's great, but Zach Pascal uh, had a great game and he's been a young guy they really like. Um, and then the tight ends are playing well. Uh, Ebron had a couple amazing catches and the defense is solid as well. Um, I, I like the Colts a lot. I think that they're still built just like they were last year, built for the playoffs. They, you know, they, they do exactly what they need to do when you come to playoff time, play good defense and run the ball. Um, and then the Texans, they have a great offense. Um, DeAndre Hopkins kind of woke up in this game. He, he had a really good game. Um, Watson had some really great uh, throws, some good playmaking uh, in that game, extending the plays. Uh, defense isn't great, but over, overall, I, you know, I, honestly, I think 
we could see one of these win the division and one of these be a wild card team. Um, and I could totally see this being a, a wild card uh, weekend game, honestly. So, which would be great to watch uh, on a national stage. It'd be fun. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see when it comes down to that time. I, I, I put a little bit more of my eggs in the basket of the Colts just because over, I think overall, um, if you look at them as a team, they're better, more talented. Um, but, you know, both these teams have a shot to, to, you know, cause a little damage in the playoffs. Absolutely. I just pulled up the AFC standings, and, and uh, both these teams would make the playoffs if the season ended today. Uh, the Bills and Texans would be the two wild card teams. And I honestly don't expect that landscape to change a whole lot. So we very yeah. well could be looking at Colts and Texans both making the playoffs, which I think would be good. Uh, both of them will put on a good show. Uh, when be a hell of a hell of a wild card, wild card weekend game. It'd be a, a division rivals. Uh, that, that'd be a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely. Uh, this game was not so much fun to watch. It's the Cardinals and the Giants here. And uh, I was the only one who picked this one correctly. I took the Cardinals. Everyone else was on New York. And what we saw here was was uh, Arizona take their third straight victory, 27-21. to 21. And th- it was interesting because uh, they get help from the defense with um, – uh, with you know some turnovers that they acquired, they had a pick pick of Daniel Jones, um, but the highlight here was a guy named Chase Edmonds, who I've never <laughs> fucking heard of. Um, he comes in, goes for 27 carries, 126 yards, and three scores, adds two catches because David Johnson uh, was was a scratch, not not really a scratch in this game. He was listed as active, played a couple snaps, and left the game, which pissed off a lot of fantasy owners. That was pretty pretty funny news, um, but. Uh, you know, this is a Cardinals team that I, I again I don't expect a lot out of, but you gotta like seeing a win, even in a mediocre performance for Kyler Murray. Um, you know, this is heartening for the Cardinals who are on a little bit of a streak, and uh, we'll see what kind of momentum they can build. But they're they're in a very good NFC West. They're they're right behind the Rams. Uh, for the Giants, this is a team that has, to me, they've shown us who they are. This is not a good team. Daniel Jones is not going to light the world up at least this season. He maybe has a good future, but. Um, they're the basement of that division, uh, other than the Redskins, I guess. Um, <laughs> but Giants, not a team to fear. But the Cardinals, it, one of those wins that's just, you know, great job, guys. You got to win. We're happy to see it. Yeah, the Cardinals haven't played anyone yet. So the mm-hmm. three wins they have had are, are against, like, the Dolphins and the Giants. And, and I can't remember who the other team is. But um, but it is encouraging for them. Uh, it's good to have, you know, your young quarterback win some games right now. Um, you know, they're, they're the number one overall pick wins some games right now. Um, overall, though, they have a good offense. They ha- they have a lot of weapons on that team. Like you talked about, Chase Edmonds, backup running back, uh, I think his second year in the league. And um, a lot of people talked about him as, as uh, you know, a guy who, um, you know, could, could do this in the future. But for him to do it now is a good sign. Uh, I think that we'll be seeing both him and David Johnson uh, as, as the, the season goes on play well. Um Defense too. The the Cardinals got back Patrick Peterson this week, and he had an immediate impact on the game. Um, that the defense played a whole lot better. Um, I don't think he had a turnover, but he had a, a couple good um, uh, plays on, on defense as well. So uh, good to see him back. Um, again, Cardinals aren't gonna be. I think they'll be a little better as the season goes on. I think they're gonna gain some confidence, and uh, especially with Kyle, Kyler Murray. Um, but obviously, not a threat yet. They still have a lot of pieces that they need to add. Um, I agree with you on the Giants. I mean, I do I do like what what I've seen out of Daniel Jones. I think that he does have a future in the NFL. Um, they just they need some weapons too. I mean, they got Evan Ingram back and they got Saquon back this week, but 
they still need more. Uh, when Golden Tate's your number one receiver, you got a problem. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, with them as time goes on. Plus, that defense, they have a lot of name, uh, like big name players. They still have Olivia Vernon, and they still have Janoris Jenkins. But those guys have been highly mediocre since since they've been signed there. So, um, they they need a lot of help. Uh, but maybe their future is bright with Daniel Jones uh, at, at you know next season and future seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly good to see Saquon Barkley back on the field from injury. Uh, He had a pretty decent game as well. Let's go to the game that pissed me off the most this week, San Francisco and the Washington Redskins. Everyone and their mom picked San Francisco to cover the 9.5-point spread, but they win by a score of (laughs) 9-0. And I watched a lot of this game because I have fantasy guys uh, on the Niners, and this was so fucking boring. Um, there are three field goals were the only score. They all happened in the second half. This was one of the shortest games, like in, in real time that has Mm -hmm. been played in like 10 years. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo goes 12 for 21 and he looked awful in this game, but it was a super wet and sloppy field. So this was like some pretty fun old school football to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, the Redskins were the Redskins. They're fucking awful. Um, they didn't do really anything to speak of, but the Niners here, I think are the story set because even though this game did not have the 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 blowout score that you expected to see, the Niners controlled this game the entire way. And when it was mm-hmm. tough for them to move the ball, especially through the air, um, because of the field conditions, they won with defense and they won by grinding out the clock the way that that we have come to expect them uh, to play. This team has given up only ten points, I believe, over the past three weeks combined. Uh, so this defense seems legit. Uh, they didn't get as much out of the offense this week, but they did. Um, they did just add. Did they just add? Who'd they just add? Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, they just added Emmanuel Sanders to this offense. So there may be a little bit of an uptick in the passing game now that uh, Garoppolo has a legitimate target. But you know, a, a game where you know they say good teams win ugly, and I think that's what you saw here this week. Did you learn anything different about the Niners, or do you think this is just a case of, you know, sure it's a bad team, but we got the win and we got out of town? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a lot to take from this game, especially with the weather. Uh, yeah, I, I watched the highlights of this one, too, and it looked awful out there. Um, yeah, it was raining the entire game and everyone's slipping around and hard to throw in, the, in those conditions. So, um, you know, I, th- I think overall, they, I mean, they're clearly the better team, the more talented team, and, and uh, they played their style of football. Um, I think this this week is the real test for the Niners. They play, they actually play. I mean, the Niners haven't still haven't really played. A, I don't think they've played a team over 500 yet, and they really haven't played a team that we've expected uh, them to to lose to really. Uh, so I, I, this week they play the the Panthers, and that's going to be a real test. That's going to be probably a fun game to watch. Just I mean, it's going to be low scoring, um, but it'll at least be a real test to see if the Niners are legit. So uh, we'll see about them. I mean, the Redskins. They're they're terrible. Um, they'll probably beat the Vikings this week because I said that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I mean on either side, there's just not for me in that type of condition. Um, there's really not a whole lot to take from this game. I don't think. Mm-mm. No, I agree with you. Uh, let's go to Tennessee where the Chargers continue to piss me off. Uh, I was the only one who picked San Diego. San Diego. Uh, I wish they'd go back there. Uh, I was the only <laughs> one who picked the Chargers. Everybody else was on the Titans. And the Titans go ahead and win this game in pretty thrilling fashion. Chargers had a chance to have a go-ahead touchdown at the end of this game, but Melvin Gordon fumbles at the goal line, uh, mm-hmm. which is so Chargers. They always find ways to lose like this. Um, Chargers fall to 2-5. and five. They're the most talented, shitty team in football, I think is how <laughs> I would describe them. They've got, they've got weapons all over, 
but they find a way to lose every single week. Uh, for the Titans, they have Ryan Tannehill make the start. He goes for 312 and two touchdowns. Pretty solid mm-hmm. game for him. Derrick Henry runs for 90 yards. I don't know if we're going to see this Titans team, you know, become a real threat, but uh, good for them to get a win with Tannehill and his first start of the season. And, you know, they squeak one out over apparently a very shitty Chargers team. The Chargers continue to dumbfound me, and I'm probably going to continue to pick them. Uh, But, God, they just – it seems like they try to lose. I don't know what the deal is, but I I think we're looking at two teams that are going to miss the playoffs, miss the playoffs here for sure. Yeah, I uh, the the Chargers. Uh, I've I've you know how we've always been on opposite ends of the the spectrum with with the Chargers. Um, you know, even even last season, I was I you know I was wrong for a lot of the season, but when it came down to it, um, in the playoffs, I was right, and I'm right again. They're they're not a very good team. Um, with with the Titans, I, I did I did watch the highlights of this one as well. I watched the highlights of all the games, but I wa- I made sure I paid attention to this one because I wanted to see how the offense looked with Tannehill and. Uh, it's, it looks a lot better. Um, Tannehill, uh, even though he's, you know, didn't have a great time in Miami, he's a professional NFL quarterback. Marcus Mariota is not. And so they, he actually got his receivers involved. Corey Davis, he, they have two first round picks in Corey Davis and AJ Brown on that team. Um, Corey Davis finally got involved. He had a really great game. He made a lot of great plays. Tannehill was able to deliver the ball, at least in an area where, you know, his receivers could catch it, which is cool. They have some talent on that team. Uh, I mentioned the two first rounders. They have Adam Humphreys, who is a, a solid slot receiver. Um, Derek Henry is, is a, is a really good, tough running back. Um, I like the Titans a little bit more now that they have a real quarterback uh, under center. Um, defense has, has been playing well as well. I mean, that they the defense has been playing well the entire time, but um, they just haven't had any offense. So good, it's good to see that Tannehill played better. I don't expect them to let you know. I don't expect them to to win the division or anything like that. Um, maybe maybe you know play tougher with teams um, and again score some points against teams. But um, good good to see Tannehill in there in the, in there and playing well. That that trade actually looks like it might turn out to be a, a good thing. And this is clearly the best offense that. Tannehill has played with uh, in his entire NFL career having come from Miami so uh, it'll be interesting to see I think maybe in a couple weeks we'll have a better idea of what this team will be now that they have a real quarterback I would love to see them uh, get back in the hunt and really they're only a game behind Houston so they could they have an uh, you know an opportunity to do that Um, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do like you said over the course of the next month or so uh, one of the games I was most excited to watch was the Bears hosting the Saints. And I correctly picked the Saints along with Dan. You and Kyle were on Chicago. Uh, and the Saints win this one in pretty convincing fashion, 25-36. Uh, to 36. Saints advance to 6-1. and one. They're 5-0 and oh under Teddy Bridgewater, who goes for 281 yards and two touchdowns. They get a big game out of Latavius Murray, 119 yards, two scores. Uh, filling in for a, a, an inactive uh, Alvin Kamara. Michael Thomas has a huge game, as you would expect. And, Seth, I think the Saints, for my money, are the best team in the NFC. And I'll tell you why. Because they did, they had this game against a very good Bears defense, um, which I think has underperformed in recent weeks, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, against a very good defense, the backup quarterback and the backup running back combined for <laughs> 400 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty impressive. And I think they're doing it with coaching. And they have just weapons and, and great talent all over this this field. Um, the Saints, to me, are the top team in the NFC. Uh, the Bears, though, are trending in absolutely the wrong direction. 
Uh, and Trubisky is a big part of that. He he completed not even 60% of his passes here. Um, he did have two touchdowns, but this offense has been awful. They have yeah. yet to have a 300-yard game this season, which I don't know how you win three games without getting 300 yards of offense. Um, this is a great defense that I think is, if they're playing you know below their ability, I think it's because they're getting no help on offense. Um, 25 points in this one, and seven of them came from the defense on a, or the special teams on a part return. So this, uh, this Bears team has some serious concerns, specifically at the quarterback position, and they were looking, at the, looking across the field at a guy uh, named Teddy Bridgewater who they may have an opportunity to, um, to trade for if they want to. If you're the Bears, a couple of questions out of this game, Seth, because this was a big one. What do you think of the Saints in terms of their, their ranking in the NFC? And then with the Bears, do, they, do you have to move off of Trubisky? Because this is a good team, but they have some serious deficiencies, especially at quarterback. Well, keep in mind, too, that um, the two touchdowns Trubisky scored within the last three minutes of the game because they scored a late touchdown when the Saints had their scrubs in, and then they got an onside kick. Uh, they, they recovered an onside kick and then scored another touchdown really fast. So those touchdowns, even though they were, they you know, scoring a touchdown in the NFL is, is difficult, um, were garbage time touchdowns. They, they had, hadn't scored an offensive touchdown up until the last three minutes of the game. So... Um, so to answer your question about the Bears, they should move off tr- from Trubisky. Uh, he is a terrible quarterback, um, but they're not going to. They, they have too much invested in him. They're going to give him at least one more season um, after this one. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But they, they do need to move off of him because his, his average depth of throw is six yards, which is by far the least in the NFL. Like, it's not even close. Um, he doesn't turn the ball over a ton, but it's because his passes don't go very far so there's not an opportunity for most uh cornerbacks to make a play on it um the, i think the big difference with them this year compared to last year is that they cannot get the running game going last year they were the defense played so well um and and just overall they played well because they could run the ball they kept they they controlled the clock they ran the bell ball well they also played a fourth play or third place schedule so that didn't hurt either but uh the, you know they just can't they they're they're not efficient on the ground the, the passing game is terrible, um, the, the, and then the defense is on the field too much, so teams are able to score on them. With with your the the question on the Saints, I think it's hard to say that they're you know I think it's hard to to not say that they're the best team the in the best team in the NFC right now. Um, like you said, they're doing this with with Teddy Bridgewater, um, who I, I I think is I mean having watched him for for a few years, he's doing exactly what he did in Minnesota. Um, has a, a great running game going, and again Latavius Murray, former Viking as well. He he is he is a very underrated running back, in, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Just even from his time in Oakland, um, he'd always been overlooked. He's always been in a place where he's had another running back uh, there. And when he's had the opportunity to be the guy, when he gets you know tw- 20, 25 carries a game, he's always going to get over hundred yards, and he's always going to score a touchdown or two. He's just he's just extremely solid. He he's a type of guy that he gets momentum going, and he plays very very well. And then with t- uh, going back to Teddy Bridgewater. He he is he is a, a, a much better Trubisky in the fact that he doesn't throw very deep. Like he had a couple 15, 20 yard passes in this game. He actually had one uh, deep one to to uh, I think Gin in this one, um, which is very unlike him. But the difference between him and Trubisky is that um, he can he completes all of his passes that that are over you know six seven eight yards, um, and he, he's able to get people in space to make plays. Whereas Trubisky just throws them into coverage every time. Um, 
but uh, Teddy Bridgewater doesn't make mistakes. He he also can make a lot of plays with his feet. He did this in this game where he was able to to uh, get a couple first downs and uh, make plays uh, with his legs. So um, once Breeze is back, once Kamara's back and fully healthy, I mean they're only going to be that much better. But that defense is is extremely legitimate uh, in in uh, in in New Orleans. So uh, yeah, they're it's hard to it's hard to say anyone's better than them right now in the NFC. I think Bridgewater is going to be at the top of the list of uh, quarterbacks that teams are going to go after this season. You know, you could draft a guy, um, but you know what you're getting with Bridgewater. And I think there's going to there's going to be a team. I, I I doubt he's back on the Saints next year. I think he's going to get a nice paycheck to go start for someone else, uh, which is yep. good to see. And Breeze, yeah, he could come back. We're hearing as early as this week. Uh, I think more likely he'll sit. Uh, Bridgewater will play his sixth game and then to go into a bye. So I think in a couple weeks we'll see Breeze back. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I don't, you don't think there's a controversy here, right? Even, even if Bridgewater goes six no. and oh, you're putting Breeze in. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, Bridgewater's playing extremely well, but you know, he's, he's not Drew Breeze. And, uh, uh, you know, if you, if you think about, I mean, all the points they're putting up right now, uh, how many points, how many more points they put up with, with Drew Breeze? I mean, Drew Breeze legend, uh, he's a winner. He's, he's a leader. He is the leader of that team. He was out there doing the, you know, the, the, the warm up you know, huddle chant that thing that he does. Um, you know, he's, he is that team. He, uh, so there, there's no way, um, that, that he doesn't get the job back at this point. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Uh, let's go to Seattle. This was another game I was really stoked to watch. And, and frankly, I was not disappointed, but I was, I was surprised. Uh, all four of us picked Seattle on this game and all four of us were wrong because the Ravens come in and have a very impressive showing. They win this game 30 to 16 in Seattle and this was an interesting game because right after I got done talking about how fucking great Russell Wilson was last week, um, he had a very pedestrian game. He was 20 for 41, 241 yards, a touchdown, and he threw a pick. And like we've been saying all year, this team goes as far as Russell Wilson goes. So when he played, you know, sort of mediocre against a very good Ravens defense that we'll talk about in a second, um, they did not look impressive. Uh, and I think that that's you know, that just speaks to what we've been talking about. They they had a pretty decent game on the ground here. Um, they were just over 100 yards. But uh, it seemed like they were missing Will Disley, especially when they, especially when they got into the red zone, uh, which is where Russell Wilson likes to hit him. Uh, but, you know, a mediocre game from Wilson, and they can't get the win. Uh, on the Ravens' side of things, they played great defense. But the big story here is Lamar Jackson. And I have not watched a ton of Lamar Jackson, but this game made me very close to a believer in him. Now, he was mediocre through the air, nine completions out of 20 attempts for 143 yards, but he had 116 Mm. yards and a touchdown on the ground, and he's the leading rusher in the NFL over the last three weeks. He's had 100 yards in each of those games, and ordinarily, I I really don't like having my quarterback run more than he passes, (laughs) but the way that he did it in this game uh, was very impressive to me. He's looking down the field to make throws. Seattle covered well in this, and when they were in man, he took his opportunities to take off down the field, and he gets big chunk plays. Um, He also ran a a fourth and two that uh, sort of put the game away for the Ravens. They could have kicked a field goal in the fourth quarter on fourth and two, uh, and and Jackson said to the coach, hey, I want to go for it, and he let him, and he ran for like an eight-yard touchdown on fourth and two, and that pretty much Mm -hmm. put the game away for the Ravens. I was very impressed with what I saw from him 
specifically on the ground, but also just his his toughness and his leadership. This is a team that's behind him, and it was very fun to watch him play. I think he is a a uh, he he reminds me a lot of a young Russell Wilson. Um, certainly not as good with his arm, uh, but but mm-hmm. what he does on his feet. Uh, is very impressive. And this this Baltimore team reminds me a little bit of that old uh, Seattle team. So this is a Ravens team that has won a few games in a row now after dropping a couple. Lamar Jackson is playing very well, and they're at the top of that AFC North division, which is dog shit. This looks like a playoff team that's going to be potentially a tough out um, because you really can't defend against what Lamar Jackson is doing right now. Yeah, um, with your comparison, I actually I, I think uh, a better comparison would be like a, a- Cam Newton when Cam Newton came into the league. Uh, yeah, Cam didn't really one. develop Cam didn't really develop his arm until uh probably 2 3 4 years in. Um and now that's really more of his game as his his uh his cannon that he's got. But um you know maybe that'll come with time with Lamar Jackson. I don't think he has quite the same uh arm skill that that someone like Cam does. Um but like you said, I, that's the thing I also noticed too is that uh you know he, they weren't designed runs that he's getting all these yards on. It's He's looking now that he has the uh, he he started off the season by throwing a lot. Teams don't know exactly what to do, and that that's the biggest thing because for me coming into the season, I wasn't very high at all on Lamar Jackson because the last eight games of last season or whatever he started, it was all running. It was all designed runs. He barely threw it. Um, nine completions would have been his season high last year. So. To see now that they're because teams are threatened by the the possibility that he's gonna throw it, uh, they're they're not um, they're just not filling the box like like I thought they would. So um, you know he's he's looking downfield. He's when he, when he doesn't see exactly what he wants, he's able to make really insane plays with his feet. Um, he's extremely elusive. He's very quick. Once he turns a corner, he's he's gone. So um, that that's what makes him dangerous. Um, I think. That's something, though, that that still a good defense, which I don't think Seattle has, a good defense it is is going to be able to prepare for that, I, I believe. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see that, you know, as, as they play some more tough defenses, um, what teams do to kind of combat that. Um, and I think we've already seen a little bit of that this year. Um, in terms of the, the Seahawks, though, again, kind of what I've been seeing with them, saying with them is that they they're they're void of talent. Uh, we've talked about Russell Wilson being being the the entirety of that team. He still played well. I mean, the game wasn't really out of hand until the end, and he made some really really insane throws, but it wasn't enough because they were playing a tough defense. Marcus Peters, his first game with the Ravens, has a pick six, um, and that's what's dangerous about the Ravens too is that they already had a good defense, and now they added a Pro Bowl cornerback. Uh, that's already making plays, so that defense is only getting better. But going back to the Seahawks, they they play they kind of once they play more quote unquote elite teams or some of the better teams in the NFL, that's when they get into danger. Um, that that's when it's it's going to be hit or miss. What Russell Wilson has to be perfect in order for them to win those games, and um, he can be great, but still lose. He has to be perfect to win. So. This is where I, this is the the Seahawks team that I've been talking about all year. Where I don't, I'm not a believer in them being a playoff contender. They might make the playoffs, but and actually probably won't with how tough the NFC is. But they, you know, it's it, they're they're just not a threat in my mind because they don't have the talent to be a great team. I don't think they're going to be able to to really upset a lot of the the tougher teams. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch this Seattle team. Um, but the the Ravens made a believer out of me in this one, uh, specifically Lamar Jackson. Now, because I've said I like him, he's probably going to be terrible next week. <laughs> um, 
but uh, but w- we shall see uh, how that goes. We move on to the Sunday night football game where uh, three of us picked the Eagles, Seth, but you were you were correct by picking the Dallas Cowboys, who won 37 to 10 at home. And <laughs> both of these teams, I, I just I don't fucking know. Um, I had hope for the Eagles a couple weeks back. I was thinking Dallas was looking like crap. Now the opposite is true. Uh, I think where I land after this game is that this is Dallas getting back to something closer to what we thought they would be this year. Ezekiel Elliott goes for 100 yards. Amari Cooper has 100 yards receiving. Dak Prescott has, you know, a, a, an efficient game, if nothing else. 230 yards, a touchdown. He did throw a pick. Um, and the defense played very well against the Eagles. Uh, this is a, a complete-looking Cowboys team that I think is – is like two steps not is like two steps behind Seattle like in every in every aspect, um, but still is is a good football team that that is my favorite to win this uh, this NFC East. The Eagles though, man, um, this is a team that supposedly has a bunch of talent, but there's there's like footage of Nelson Aguilar like deciding not to catch a pass mm-hmm. uh, in this game. Carson Wentz is turning it over like crazy. Uh, this Philly team seems like it's lost whatever swagger that it had, and they look like a dumpster fire. They looked terrible in this mm-hmm. game. Are the Eagles that bad? Are the Cowboys this good? Or, you know, what combination of those did you see? Well, it's funny because, I mean, again, we we know my stance on the Eagles, and I, I, I haven't believed they're a very good team to begin with, but I didn't think they were this bad. Uh, I thought they at least had an offense, and, uh, you know, they, they're – the la- they've been declining on offense for for a little while now. Um, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but uh, I mean that the the def- their team that should have traded for some sort of cornerback help. Um, they they are just completely devoid of, of that. And then plus, um, you know they they've been a top five run defense, and in the last couple weeks they've given up a ton of uh, rushing yards now. So I think they're just kind of in a, a weird. They just they just don't look right right now for what even the, the the strengths of that team aren't looking good so um, I I mean I think with the Cowboys winning this game decidedly that this is just another step for them to to easily win that division um, I, I I don't I believe I believe in Carson Wentz I think he's a he's a very good quarterback just that team in general is not not in a good spot and uh, I don't see them really doing anything here uh this at least this season where are you on the cowboys now i'm interested to hear because we've been up and down on them Mm -hmm. they lost three straight they come back very impressive win here against you know albeit uh not a great eagles team but i i was impressed were you yeah i liked what i saw out of them i mean again it's it's not a great eagles team and especially on defense um so they uh you know they 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 did what they should have done, uh, and this was definitely a, a game for them to get back on the on the right track because uh, the last few weeks they've been kind of up and down. So good to see Ezekiel Elliott run well. Good to see Dak play well. Um, I, I don't think I'm not nearly as high as a, on them as I was a few weeks back, um, but I, I still think that they they're they're a playoff team. I think that they're built for playoff football, especially with the running game. Um, I, I just don't see them as as a legitimate contender for you know a Super Bowl or anything like that. But they'll definitely be a tough team to get out of the playoffs with, with their style of football. I think you're right about that, especially if you have to go to Dallas and play. Uh, the Monday Night Football game had the Jets hosting <laughs> the Patriots, and yeah, the, this game is 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 essentially meaningless. But there were a couple kind of funny things that came out of this game. Um, first of all, did you hear the audio of 
uh, Sam Darnold? Uh, no. So he was mic'd up in this game, and he was on the sideline talking to one of his coach, and he said, and I quote, I'm seeing ghosts out there. <laughs> he was so dumbfounded by this Patriots secondary, which is historically good by this point of the season, yeah. um, that he had no fucking clue. He had four picks in this game. Uh, he also had a fumble. Uh, he was he was made an example of by this Patriots uh, Patriots defense. Patriots did their Patriots thing. Uh, Sony Michelle had three touchdowns, but you know the offense did enough. They won thirty three to zero. This defense is crazy good. They've got some mm-hmm. tests coming up. Uh, and mm-hmm. we're going to see if this Patriots team is as good as we think. I think they are. I still think they're the top team in football. Um, and, you know, this defense is very scary. They also just added, as we said before, Mohamed Sanu to the offense. This is a team that's ready to go through the AFC, I think, without much of a problem. Yeah, I, I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see what they, uh, you know, what happens over the next couple of weeks. Um, do I think they... You know, I mean, at this point, I think they probably go 16 and 0, but we'll see. You know, see what happens. But uh, this, you know, they'll actually be paying, playing some real offenses here coming up in the next few weeks. So that'll be interesting. Interesting to see. Um, you know, are they as uh, great of a defense? I mean, they're they they're clearly a great defense, but are they? You know, this this historic um, moving forward. Uh, and you know, they they've given up a few touchdowns this year. Um, you know, not not a lot, but a few. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens with them. Um, I think they've they have 19 interceptions uh, so far in the season, which like I think last year the Niners had one all season. <laughs> so like that having 19 interceptions, what seven eight games in? How how many however many it's been? Um, that's insane. Like that is completely bananas. Um, now you can look at the quarterbacks they face too and say, oh, that makes sense, but. You know, it, it's it's still impressive to do. Um, the Jets, yeah, I mean, they have a really good schedule coming up, and we, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I think that they're gonna. I think that the the next like three four weeks that they have, I think we'll see a better Jets team um, with, with that schedule coming up, and I think that they'll, they'll they'll end up in the six and ten, seven and nine, probably not seven and nine, probably closer to six and ten area. But um, better days are ahead for them. Uh, they just ran into this in crazy insane buzzsaw. Uh, in, in the in the Patriots, and you look at their their receiving core right now. Um, they just added Mohamed Sanu, like we talked about. Josh Gordon, first uh, former first round pick. Uh, Philip Dorsett, former first round pick. Julian Edelman, Edelman, who's probably a Hall of Famer someday. Um, ben Watson, a former first round pick. Like they they have tons of talent on that team. So um, they're they're and they're not even really needing it right now because they don't need to throw the ball. So. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane what they got on that team. Yeah, uh, here's a couple stats for you on the Patriots. Um, let's see. They are plus 14 in turnover ratio. Uh, <laughs> they're ahead of their opponents by 10 minutes of time of possession on average. Uh, they have given up only th- three touchdowns. Like the defense has only given up three touchdowns um, and two field goals all season. The, uh, the offense has given up more touchdowns to the opposing defense. It's actually the same number, three and three. So um, an interesting stat I saw today, if the Patriots offense never took the field so far this season, they would be three, three, and one. <laughs> They'd be 500 if they had no offense, and they do. They have a pretty good offense. So this team is uh, has been putting up crazy numbers against mediocre teams. We'll see what they do against some good ones. It's funny, too. I, I know we don't talk about fantasy a lot on the show, but um, I heard today that if – the the 
if the New England fantasy defense was a player, they'd be the like the number four overall run, uh, wide receiver, the number three overall running back, and the number one tight end in fantasy, uh, just off the points they've scored. Uh, they've been the they've been the like the fantasy MVP if you drafted the New England defense. So um, yeah, that, it's it's pretty insane what they're doing. Oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, the the Patriots and Jets game loomed large over our pick'em this week because Dan was the one person who picked the Patriots to cover. We all thought it'd be a little bit better game. Uh, and Dan won pick'em this week. He beat you and I. Uh, he picked nine correct games. Uh, so for the first time this this year, Seth, we, we've we've been we've been beaten. So Dan, <laughs> uh, Dan, this one goes out to you. For three for the win. Yes, LeBron James at the buzzer. And uh, Dan, even though you got incredibly lucky this week, um, you get a fucking cookie and a star. You get one of those. <laughs> and then also, Dan, uh, if you head over to Anchor and check out the SoCo page there and leave us a voice message, uh, you can talk some shit if you want, brag a little bit. We will play your trash talk or your celebration on next week's show. So head Only. over there, record a message, and uh, and we'll play it. Only if you leave a $5 monthly donation, too. <laughs> there you go. For five bucks, Dan, you, you can have your, your audio on. <laughs> no, go over there, leave us a message. We'll play it on next week's show if you want to talk a little shit. Um, but make sure you back it up because I'm coming back uh, in my picks this week. I'm, I'm pretty stoked on them. So uh, that is last week's game. And that's, that's, that's been all of our recaps for week number seven. That just happened. That just happened. Did we win? All right, we turn now to week number eight and uh we'll be looking first at the thursday night game which has already happened so we gotta go back in time to pick this one we don't need roads all right seth so thursday night football your minnesota vikings hosted the washington redskins uh the line here is 15 and a half points it's a pretty thick line and I think our listeners know where you're going to go with your pick. Um, but I will show a little faith in your Minnesota team. I think they're going to cover. I think this is, is a chance in prime time for Kirk Cousins to show that he can play well when the spotlight is on because he hasn't done that historically in his career. Uh, I think the Vikings come out here and make a statement to the league that they're here to beat the piss out of teams like the Redskins. I expect you know 300 yards passing, 100 yards rushing from Cook. Uh, huge game from Diggs, especially if Thielen doesn't go. I think this is a is a blowout game. Uh, so give me the Vikings to cover. What do you say? <laughs> Picking the Redskins. <laughs> um, especially, too, that the last time the Vikings had a, a spread like uh, close to this uh, was against the Bills last year, and uh, they lost that game entirely. So... Um, <laughs> We'll we'll see what happens here. Also, though, I mean the 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 big headline here is, of course, uh, you know Cousins facing his former team. But we also have, and I don't know if he'll play, Adrian Peterson returning to Minnesota for the first time, and Case Keenum returning to Minnesota for the first time. Oh, so, shit. so there's a little bit more of the revenge on the the Redskins side. So don't be don't be surprised if uh, the Redskins keep this one close. <laughs> All right, we'll see. Uh, that game has already happened, so we may already be wrong. Uh, but let's take a look at the other games that are coming down the pipe this weekend. It's coming right for us! We start in Atlanta, where, again, this Atlanta team has fallen apart. Seattle is coming to town, and they're favorites by four and a half points. 
Uh, I don't need to belabor the point. I, I think Seattle is frankly a better team by a touchdown or more. Uh, eat the points. I'm taking the Seahawks. Yeah, me too. Uh, Matt Schaub, more than likely, versus Russell Wilson. Uh, I'll take Russell Wilson every day. <laughs> yep. Yes, please. I like that pick a lot. Uh, let's head to Buffalo. This is an interesting game. Uh, a better team than the Bills have been playing for the most part this season. Well, when they're good. Uh, the Eagles are coming to Buffalo. Bills are favored by a point and a half. I think they're going to suffocate this Eagles team. Uh, I think they're going to they're gonna have a great time of possession. This defense is going to play well, and I think the Bills are going to run it very well. So this point and a half is not a big enough spread for me. I say eat the point. Uh, I'm taking the Bills. Yeah, that's pretty much a straight up pick on with that point and a half. So yeah, I'm going with the Bills with that one with that one at home. Mm-hmm. All right, we go to Chicago. The Bears are going to host the Chargers, and these are just these are two teams that have just proven to be widely inept um, all season long. Uh, the Bears are favored by four and a half points here, and frankly, I don't believe in the Bears' ability to score the ball enough to cover a four and a half point spread. So I'm taking the Chargers just based on that. Yep, I agree with you on this one as well. Um, you know, I, I think e- even if the Bears do win this game, I think it's going to be a very close one. So I do like the that the Chargers are getting four and a half points uh, on this one. So, yeah, give me the Chargers there. All right, let's take a look at the L.A. Rams. They're hosting the Bengals, but in London, which is an extra little wrinkle Ugh. to this game. The spread here is 12 and a half points. I, of course, always pick my Rams, so I think they win by two touchdowns. Uh, they want to go into the bye after a convincing victory, and I think they're going to get it. Uh, yep, I agree with you on this one. Does that mean you have to get up at fucking 6 o'clock in the morning? Looks like it's playing at noon central, so that's 10 a.m. Oh, okay. for me. So they must align. It must be later in the day for, for England. Uh, you took the Rams? Yes. Okay. Uh, let's take a look at Indianapolis. They host the Broncos. Colts here are a touchdown favorite. And again, I, I just don't think the Colts are going to be able to keep pace offensively. Uh, so I think the Colts... I, I don't excuse me. I don't think the Broncos are going to be able to keep pace offensively. So I think the Colts win this by a touchdown or more. Uh, I say you can keep your six and a half. I agree with you once again. Um, yeah, especially after the Broncos giving up their uh, probably best offensive weapon, maybe second best behind Cortland Sutton. So um, yeah, that, that's that's going to be a, a big a big spread for I think for the for uh, the Broncos. I think it's going to be a too too tough of a, a task after seeing how the Colts played uh, to overcome that. So give me the Colts there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit is going to host the Giants. Uh, the spread here is six and a half. Detroit, of course, being the favorite. I think this is a get-right game for the Lions, and mm-hmm. uh, and frankly, I just think they're they're a better team by a, a decent margin uh, than the Giants. So, chance for the Lions to get back to five hundred. I think they win this by more than a touchdown. Uh, so, keep your six and a half and give me Detroit. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be pretty close uh, to one another this week. Uh, let's go to Tennessee, where the Titans are two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I saw enough out of this Titans offense this past week, and frankly, I don't trust Tampa Bay as far as I can throw them. So I am going to go ahead and take Tennessee uh, at home here. But this is I was very close. I uh, had a tough time choosing here, but but I took the Titans. <laughs> I agree. Um, no, I, I, I like what I saw to Tannehill. I think that offense is, is functional now. So, uh, and I know the, the Bucks have a good offense. They're coming off a bye. So that does make me a little nervous, even though I picked uh, a bunch of teams coming off the bye last week and that didn't work out well for me. But, and the Bucks have these games where they just surprise people and they score a shitload of points and sometimes pull out the victory. Cough, Rams, cough. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, could, we could be completely wrong. I think 
either the Titans are going to win by a good margin or the Bucks will will somehow squeak out a, a high high scoring win. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm picking the Titans though. All right, let's take a look at New Orleans. The Saints, uh, in what may be the final start this year for Teddy Bridgewater, have the Cardinals coming to town. Arizona has won three straight. Uh, Saints are favored here by nine and a half points. And I'm just so impressed by what I've seen that I'm going to take them. I say they're, they'll cover this <laughs> 10-point spread. Um, Cardinals, though, I will not be surprised if they keep this close. Uh, so what did you pick here? I also picked the Saints. Yeah, I, I think after seeing what they did against uh, the Bears and that, I mean, I again, I know that really that they, they – they, I know I know there's garbage time touchdowns, but they, they had that game in hand the entire time. It's like – 25 to 10 or something like that or 35 to 10 I don't remember um you know so I think if they would have put their foot down a little more they probably you know the Bears wouldn't even got close so if the Bears you know can't uh you know keep it that close I don't think the Cardinals will be able to either so uh yeah give me give me the Saints on this one with the points yep uh we got some Minshew magic here Jacksonville is hosting the Jets Jaguars are a five and a half point favorite here which I think is heavily influenced by the big loss uh the drubbing that the Jets got by the Patriots here. And I don't, frankly, I don't think it's a fair spread. I think this Jets team is a lot better than they looked <laughs> on Monday night. And uh, if I'm getting five and a half points, I'm going to have to take Darnold and the Jets on the road here. God damn it. <laughs> Every single one. <laughs> I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I do think that especially like if the Jets don't come out here in this game and, and play well, um, I, I think that's, that I mean, one that's going to look terrible in Darnold. And I think that's going to uh, send a lot of uh, smoke signals in the sky, saying you know maybe we made a mistake drafting him uh, in the first round. But uh, I think this is this is going to be a, a, a an answer to kind of what happened on Monday night. So hey, I'm picking the Jets too. All right, I think here's here's a real chance for us to disagree. Uh, the 49ers and the Panthers. Uh, this game is in San Francisco, and the Niners are favored by five and a half points here. This was a tough pick uh, for me, and I look at the the kind of ESPN shows how many people are picking both teams, and it's close. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take San Francisco to cover because I think they win by a touchdown like 17-10 or 14-7 uh, because I think this defense is really going to stifle Carolina and San Francisco is going to be able to hold onto the ball here. So give me the Niners. What say you? Uh, I'm taking the Panthers in this one again. This is the, to me, this is the first real test the Niners have had. But also the 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 Panthers have an excellent defense as well. Um, you know, if we're talking just fantasy wise, uh, Niners have. Uh, I, I mean, I think obviously the 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 Patriots have the best fantasy defense. But I think the night the the Panthers have uh, the second best uh, fantasy defense right now. So um, they're 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 not giving up a lot of points. They're creating a lot of turnovers, uh, a lot especially a lot of interceptions right now as well. So. Um, I think the Panthers will keep this one close, if not even win uh, this game. So uh, give me the Panthers. All right. We'll see if the Niners can get it done. Uh, that's that's going to be your maybe your one shot <laughs> to beat me this week because uh, we're making a lot of the same picks. Let's go to New England. They're 12.5-point favorites over the Cleveland Browns who are coming to town. You know me, Seth. Losers lose, and I think the Browns are going to do that by a wide margin. Uh, the Patriots are at home. Uh, they, they've bolstered the offense a little bit with the addition of Sanu. This defense is playing out of their gourds. I think Baker Mayfield is going to turn it over frequently in this game, and, and I think the Patriots will win by at least two touchdowns, so I say they cover. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's a good game that I'm excited to watch. Uh, it's Houston playing host to the Oakland Raiders, and 
I just changed this pick, I will tell you, um, as I looked at it, because I talked myself into the Oakland Raiders um, when we were recapping their game earlier. This is a solid team. I think Houston, um, while they'll be motivated to win after after a loss last week, uh, I think this game will at least be close. The spread here is 6.5 in favor of Houston, so if I'm getting a touchdown, I'm taking it for the Raiders here. I'm going Texans in this one. Um after seeing how how many points the Raiders gave up this week uh, against the Packers, I think that the the Houston offense, at least in terms of the uh, potential of scoring uh, on the big plays, is, is better uh, right now. Just with with the weapons they have and and the way I watched uh, Watson play football this week, I I really like their offense. Uh, plus, uh, the, the Raiders don't have any weapons other than Josh Jacobs, and and uh, you know having your best offensive player be your running back. Uh, on a team that doesn't really have any wide receivers either, uh, that's tough. So I, it's gonna, I think it's going to be hard for them to put up a bunch of points. So I, I think the Texans win by at least a touchdown here. All right. Uh, huge disappointment here for the Sunday night football game. When we, when we had Patrick Mahomes in this game, this was a big-time marquee matchup. The Chiefs are hosting the Packers. Uh, but with Mahomes out, the Chiefs are dogs by four and a half points. I think the Packers are hitting a real stride, and I think they're going to knock off a couple teams in a row here. Uh, in the midway part of the season. So I think they convincingly beat the Chiefs here, eat the points. I'm taking the Packers. Uh, I'm taking the Chiefs on this one. This one's in Arrowhead. Um, I, I, even though, again, it's not Pat Mahomes, I think Matt, Matt Moore showed this week against a good defense um, that, that he's able to, to run the offense efficiently. They got a lot of playmakers still. Um, and again, at home, the Chiefs are getting points. Uh, I, I, like, I like them to, uh, to uh, cover that, that four and a half, so... All right, let's go to a Monday night game that is sure to be watched by nobody. Uh, the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers are at home against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, 0-6 versus 2-4. and The Pittsburgh, the spread here in favor of Pittsburgh is 14.5 points, yeah. which is just too much. Uh, I, I don't believe in the Pittsburgh's ability to score that many points even. So uh, <laughs> I'm taking two touchdowns plus and the yeah. Dolphins, who played pretty well against uh, the Bills and, and covered the spread or prevented the Bills from covering that is this week. So I'm taking the Dolphins plus two touchdowns over a Steelers team that does not deserve that many points. Yeah, the, this this spread was really weird to me. Um, yeah, Mason Rudolph uh, versus the Dolphins. That doesn't seem like, a, you know, a 14, 14 and a half points that they should be getting. Plus, yeah, like you said, the Dolphins played well. They scored, scored a pretty good amount of points against a much better defense uh, in Buffalo. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm definitely taking the Dolphins here. I think that this is going to be a lot closer game. Again, I wouldn't be totally surprised if the Dolphins even win this one. Mm -hmm. I agree with you there. So uh, we agreed on a lot of picks this week. And so uh, we'll, you and I will be pretty close in scoring. We'll see what the other participants of our pigskin pick them uh, have to say. Um, but um, if you out there are listening and want to participate in our pigskin pick them and maybe hear your voice on the SoCo show, head over to... Uh, the link that's going to be in the description box where you can join the SoCo Show Pigskin Pick'em and you can add your entry uh, right alongside ours. So, uh, again, shout out to Dan for winning week seven. Uh, you will not win week eight uh, because I will. So, uh, <laughs> I'm going 14 for 14 this week. I can feel it. Sure. <laughs> so, those are our picks for the upcoming games. It's coming right for us! But we haven't put any money on them yet. So, let's get into Seth's picks for this week. And uh, I know you got the hot tips to uh, get all of our folks some fat stacks here. Let's get into assess picks for the week. All 
Oh man, that, that I, I, I almost think we just need to find a new sounder for that one. You know, um, I was thinking about it the other day, and then I was like, "Nah." <laughs> um, well, real quick, last week I I didn't do as many bets last week. The Vikings game went kind of long, and because uh, there's so many damn points scored in it, so I didn't get a chance to bet the afternoon games and um, the the late ga- the Sunday night game, Monday night game didn't seem like fun ones to bet on. Uh, so I uh, I went three for five. Um, I got. The under 39 and a half for San Francisco and Washington. Um, by halftime, I knew I was going to win that one because it was zero zero. So that was cool. <laughs> um, I bet on the, the I bet the the Rams minus three against Atlanta. So that was a good one. Uh, and then uh, Houston and Indianapolis, I bet over 47 points. So that worked out well. What I lost on was the by a lot was the Oakland uh, plus five, which was looking okay for a little while uh, until halftime. After halftime, and then uh, I bet the over 50 and a half points for Arizona and New York. New York got kind of close there. Um, I think I was, I think I was only like four or five points off by the end, but, um, not quite enough. So I felt pretty good overall about, about my week. Um, this week looking at, uh, the, the bets I like. So starting off with a Thursday game, Washington and Minnesota, the over under is 42 on that one. Minnesota scored 30 points by themselves the last few weeks. Um, so I think that this one will be a little bit more high scoring than 42 points total. So I like that. Um, I like the minus one and a half for Buffalo. I just think they're going to win that game. Uh, and basically that's a pick them at that point with a minus one and a half. So going with Buffalo, uh, again, I've talked about, I, I, this is the first real test for, uh, San Francisco. I like that plus five and a half points. I think that's a lot of points, uh, for, for Carolina to get again. I think they might even win this game. So for them to, to get five and a half points here, um, at most, I think this will be a three point game. So um, Green Bay and K- uh, Kansas City on, on Sunday night. The over-under is 48. I like the over on this one. Um, you know, people are, I think, reducing points, obviously, because Pat Mahomes is out of the game. Uh, I can imagine what the over-under would be if he is playing. Um, but uh, if Pat Mahomes is playing. But over-under 48, I, I like that. Uh, I think that uh, Kansas City is still going to be, be able to put up points. Uh, Rodgers last week put up uh, 40 points on his own uh, against uh, a worse defense in Oakland. So I think the chances of that being over 48 points is pretty high. Uh, and then uh, Miami versus Pittsburgh, we just talked about that. That 14 and a half points is way too many points for uh, for Pittsburgh to getting. Now that we mentioned it, though, it's probably going to be um, it's it's probably going to be uh, like in Pittsburgh wins by you know 21. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I like the 14 and a half points for Miami getting. So. Uh, those are the bets I really like so far this week. Um, I don't know if things will change as the week goes on, as, as uh, injuries come in and out, but uh, those are what, those are, are what I'm liking so far. I like it. If you want to make some dough, uh, go assess picks and put some money on them, bitches. And uh, I like all those picks, too, for what it's worth. Uh, I, I would bet I would put money on each of those. So uh, those are assess picks for the week. I wanna lick, 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 lick you put your band <laughs> Good uh, Lord. Yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We are just about through. You've listened to just about everything useful this week, especially now that we've got the bets gone. Um, But before we finish up the show, let's let's leave you with just one more thing. But I'm down to one more more thing. I want to talk a little bit about how the trades have gone in this past week. And I've been really excited to see a lot of movement Um, from meaningful teams. I think this is a thing that baseball and basketball do really well. There's a point in the season when you know if you're a contender. And if you are a contender, you go out and look for pieces to make you that much better. If you're not a contender, you start thinking about the future and you send guys away to get picks. Um, We haven't seen a ton of that historically in the NFL, but we've seen quite a bit of it this week. The Rams, 
uh, the the uh, Patriots, the Niners, all making moves, and so um, even Seattle uh, trying to stay in the mix. They got a new corner, so uh, I think we're going to see more of this. I think there's a chance we see Bridgewater move uh, before the deadline, um, but it is coming up pretty quickly. Uh, I just I, I really like the way that free agency has has seemed to change a little bit in the NFL, and I think the closer it gets to specifically the basketball model, the better because we're going to see some really great teams with some really great rosters going against each other in January. So uh, it's been fun to keep up with, and the Rams I think so far have been the beneficiary of one of those trades. So uh, certainly happy to see Ramsey over there already making an impact. It's tough for a player to come over on a football team and really make an impact, but corners can do it and wide receivers can do it, and those are the positions that you see moving right now. So uh, I think it's been really exciting to watch, and it's not over yet because the deadline's not quite here. Yeah, I think it's next next week is the deadline. Um, and so, yeah, no, I definitely agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think it's cool to see see these players move around. Um, we're seeing some, I mean, again, we talked about like most new. I think uh, getting a second round pick for him is great for the Falcons. Uh, I don't think they expected to get that, but I think a lot of teams I heard were interested in him. So they're able to drive the price up. And uh, obviously right now they're not contenders. So uh, good for them to, to make that move. Um, same thing with, with, the, with the Broncos. I think they got a third and a fourth back for... Uh, trading away Sanders, and then they traded a fifth for it. So again, a lot of good value there, I think, for for Emmanuel Sanders, who was uh, aging and and uh, getting towards the end of his contract too. Um, my one more thing, uh, you mentioned a little little bit earlier in the show uh, was the Arizona Cardinals and Chase Edmonds. Um, so uh, we, we I think we've talked about either on here, or I know we've talked about on uh, the regular SoCo show before uh, that we're both fans of the. Um, fantasy focus football podcast and so uh this week um my father matthew barry mm-hmm. um had a, had a little bit of a rant and the reason for the rant was pretty funny so the cardinals after the game tweeted out like this weird uh you know like you know how you can like text and like um use uh your keyboard to make an image like with with the letters and like slashes and stuff mm-hmm. you know so they they did that where it was like a fox or something that said uh you should have started chase edmonds and fantasy and so Matthew Berry freaks out about this on the podcast because going into the game, David Johnson was active. He had actually more practice participation this uh, last week compared to the week prior when uh, he was going to miss a game and then played and was awesome. And so there was like no indication that David Johnson was going to not play in this game. And that so you I think his logic behind it was that if David Johnson was, if they would have known going in, like he is only playing for emergency purposes or was going to sit that everyone would have started chase Edmonds because uh, he is a, actually a good running back. He's had a lot of promise over the last few years. Um, so he f- had this insane rant about it. Um, I would definitely recommend checking it out. I think it's on YouTube and stuff because they do uh, their shows live on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter every, every day now too. So um, there's definitely a clip out there somewhere of him freaking out about it, but uh, very funny stuff. Um, uh, gets to the point where he he almost does some expletives, but he can't because they were live on Twitter uh, and stuff like that. But very funny to check out uh, for Matthew Berry's rant about the Arizona Cardinals and their Twitter account. I'm gonna put just I'm just gonna I have this pulled up. I'm just gonna play a random few seconds of this uh, because it is hysterical. So here here's just a little bit of Barry. I do. I'm over fifteen thousand likes on that tweet. Okay, so then the Arizona Cardinals Twitter handle at some point says something like. You know, to all the angry fantasy football owners out there, just enjoy the win. Just enjoy the win. No, you know what? Don't you dare troll us. <laughs> Screw you. You know what? I mean? well, guess what? Guess what? You know who? 
You know who's been a fan of the Arizona Cardinals? You know who pays attention to Eric Cardinals football? Not actual fans, because I got news for you. You guys have been absolutely brutal, all right? You've got one division title in the last nine seasons. <laughs> That's just a taste. That is six and a half minutes long. Um, so I, I would highly encourage, I'm going to link to that in the description box that people go out. Barry is hilarious when he gets on his role. And frankly, that, that podcast inspired ours uh, quite a bit. So any traction yeah. we can send their way, they don't need our help, but... Uh, any traffic the only thing that's in their way, I'm happy to. The only thing that sucks is that he because they do live, like they stream the show live now. They don't record it and then put it out. Um, is that he can't swear? Um, back in the day, though, like the Alfred Morris one. Um, I don't. Do you remember this one? No, the Al- I don't Alfred remember Morris the Alfred one. Morris one. So Alfred Morris, uh, he needed one point in a in a league where Alfred Morris, uh, where they did points per yard. Um, so he needed he needed point one points, I think. Uh, he just needed one yard out of Alfred Morris in a game to to win, and um, I think this is when Alfred Morris was with the the Cowboys, and it was the season where uh, Zeke was suspended off and on, and so uh, I think in the game they had whoever was uh, like it was like the uh, uh, Run DMC. I can't remember his his name. Uh, he was uh, on the the Raiders. He was the uh, first round pick McFadden. for the Raiders. Dear McFadden. They had they had those two guys, and up until that game, prior to that game, Alfred Morris had been the lead back. For whatever reason, that game, the uh, uh, Darren McFadden had run the entire game, and so he he got like, I think Morris had like one carry for like less than a yard. He didn't get that one point, and he freaked out about it, <laughs> and. And he was like swearing and all that stuff. It was great. It's it's probably the most epic thing. Also, the most hilarious thing about that, the Cardinals signed Alfred Morris today. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Matthew Berry's the man. He makes me laugh. Oh, this shit's funny. And when Seth says he's his dad, he very well might be because the guys look like <laughs> fucking spitting images of each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well... You know, that, that is, uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode. So that's week seven going into week eight of this NFL season. We're nearing a halfway point, and maybe we'll do something special for halfway. We haven't talked about it yet, but um, uh, very fun stuff. Don't forget, uh, if you're not subscribed to us, make sure you do so so you get new episodes of this and the main show uh, every Thursday and every Friday. Don't forget to share out uh, the post uh, or share out the episode, especially if you're unable to be a contributor or if you don't want to. Um, it's a great way to support the show. The more clicks we get, uh, the more our ads pay us, frankly. So uh, we appreciate all the listeners and everyone who shares the episode out because um, we like getting them getting them ducats. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want ducats, don't forget to make some bets uh, a la Seth's picks. Um, and otherwise, uh, we'll be back in seven days to see if Seth and I can get back on top of the pick'em rankings. Um, but until then, he is the so-host, Seth Ott. I'm the co-host. Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye. And boom goes the dynamite.